Welcome to uh, the last Sunday of the year, and uh, yes, we made it. Uh, we just uh, two more sleeps, and we could say goodbye to 2018, and uh, many of us are grateful for that, and uh, 2019 has already given us a little bit of a, a breathe with a big petrol price, uh, just in time for the final new kind of school items and stationary items. Uh, before everyone goes back to school on the, uh, the 9th of Jan. And uh, what we've been doing this year, and uh, rather this December, is we have been uh, preaching about peace. And one of the things that we've been searching for uh, this December is something that so many of us are lacking and missing, and that's peace. We're restless, we're anxious, uh, we're disillusioned. Uh, this year has not been great for us. It's left us with many questions, and uh, we're not uh, having high hopes for 2019, but what we want is peace. We want our hearts uh, to be stilled, knowing that everything is going to be okay. And that is what we've been digging into and looking at through God's Word over the, the month of December, is, is what enables me to have peace? And we've been sharing some of those things, but what I want to do this morning uh, is maybe a little bit different, maybe not what you're used to when you come to a service this morning, is I'm going to share with you how I have been trying to find peace this year. So not so much looking at uh, some of the standard texts that we've been preaching through, but I'm going to be talking about my 2018 and the passages of Scripture that have gotten me through it. And so more of a testimony of God's grace in my life this year and what he has said to me and how he has got me through this. And hopefully in that, there's going to be something for you and, and you can see how I engaged with the Lord and his word, especially this year and how I'm using that to go through into 2019. So more testimony, a lot of passages uh, that I have been kind of chewing through uh, this year, and I'm just going to be sharing that with you. Because as I've been saying through our, our sermons this December, is 2018 has been rough. And most of you agree and nod your head and go, 2018 has been rough. Uh, my 2018 has been the worst year of my life. I have shared a bit uh, in some sermons, but... You know, if you look back over your life, and if you kind of have to track year on year, you have parts of your life, years of your life that are amazing. And you go, oh, wow, you know, 2014, year of my life. Uh, what an amazing time. And, and we look at, and, and, and things uh, have been great in moments of our lives, but we also have times in our lives that are not great. And we go through seasons that are harder than others, that are more painful than others. And if I look back over my life, 2018 has been one of the hardest, if not the hardest year I've ever had to endure in my life. If you think of, uh, if you've played sport or, you know, like a sucker punch where you get hit in the gut and all your air rushes out of you and you kind of left like gasping uh, for air. Uh, and if you've ever had like a sucker punch out of nowhere, uh, that's kind of what 2018 has been like. Just kind of out of nowhere hit me so hard in the guts that all the air rushed out of me and kind of left me dizzy going, oh my gosh, what, what is happening to me? 
Some of you guys, if you hear regularly, you've heard me share a little bit about this. Kind of the darkest point was uh, when Inez phoned me one morning going, Craig, you left this morning in a very dark place. Are you okay? And I'd been kind of processing things for a few hours at my desk. And, and I said to her these words, I feel like I'm a worn out garment. That if you hold me up to the light as a piece of fabric, I'm threadbare and you can, you can see right through me. I'm feeling that tired, that exhausted, that worn out. I, I'm struggling that much. And I described to kind of someone else that I feel like 2018 has been a year where I have been in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson. Now, I'm competitive and, and you know that about me and I enjoy winning. And if I ever had to step into a ring with Mike Tyson, I think I'm resourceful enough to maybe survive for a little bit. But I felt like I'm fighting Mike Tyson completely blindfolded with my hands tied behind my back. I love winning, but what I love is the chance to win. You know board games and you're competing. What is fun is when there's a chance to win, right? We love that. It's not fun when you have no chance to win. Nobody likes that experience. Nobody likes that feeling. And I reached a point this year where I realized this is going so badly. And no matter what I was trying, no matter what avenue I took, no matter where I spent energy, where I was trying to figure some stuff out, I was not winning. And that was an awful feeling for me. Because again, men, we understand this. We like to be in control. We like to have things figured out. We like to know where we're going, right? The worst thing for a man is to be lost and, and, and not have directions, right? We get angry and we kind of fake it. And okay, we need to know where we're going. We need to have things in control. We need to have things in order. We need to know how we're going to win this. We need to know how we're going to figure it out. It started for me a couple of years ago. And you've heard me say this again, but the context for this message this morning is I realized my life was not characterized by faith. Everything was so well kind of crafted and our life was so comfortable, we realized that we did not need to be praying prayers of faith. And so I prayed the prayer, Lord, take me to a place where I need faith. That was just down the road in Walkerville because we moved from Cape Town and found ourselves in the south of Joburg as the place where we needed to live with faith and find ourselves moving church, moving home, moving house, moving city, our family growing and expanding. But through all of that, just so much stuff happening that became uh, completely out of my control. Not being able to have an effect on the things of my life. Not being able to affect things in my home and in my family. And watching things happen that I could do nothing about. And that put fear in me. Put so much fear in me to see things in my family that I could not alter. That no matter how much I applied my mind and my strength and my resources, it was futile. But again, I'm male, so that comes with a high level of stubbornness. And I think I am more stubborn than most because I just try to counter that by putting more energy and by putting more resources, and, and racking my brain harder, and stressing, and uh, having uh, sleepless nights, like, which is abnormal for me, but just so stressed, so much tension, uh, so much anxiety, so much pain that I've never experienced in my life. And it being completely out of my control 
was one of the worst things I've ever faced as, as a believer, as a man. I, it was completely foreign to me. I'd never known this. And the result was I just got empty. I just spent energy. I spent resources. I spent my strength. And I reached a point where I thought I was genuinely going to break, that I had nothing left to give and all of the things that were going so out of control was one of the, really the darkest moments of my life. And when I say, if it was not for Jesus, I don't know what I would have done. But I reached a point uh, earlier this year, it's kind of just, just after halfway through, I, it's, this year's been a bit of a blur, so uh, dates and days and moments, uh, I can't give you specifics. But I remember just going before Jesus and just saying, I can't. I can't anymore. And his response was, I'm glad. Because this year has been a year where I think the Lord has done, in fact, the last six months, the Lord has done more in my life and, and, and taught me so much about his, his nature and his character and about myself in these last six months than what he has done his whole life and my whole life. And I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years, preaching and, and, and leading in churches, and you would think I should have had it all together, but the Lord decided this was going to be a time when he was going to do something far deeper in my life than what he has ever done before. And I'm so grateful for where I am right now. And there were some scriptures that the Lord uh, kind of brought to my mind that he took me through that I needed to sit in and, and process and hear from him. And there's scriptures that I know, there's scriptures that you know, uh, but there's something about the Lord is he'll take something that we know, that we've been through a thousand times, read so many times, and he just takes it deeper. And he just like, uh, I feel like I'm Shrek. Uh, you know, and he says like ogres are like onions. And, you know, not that we just make us cry, but we have layers, you know, and once you peel back a layer, there's another layer and he needs to kind of peel back a layer and, and that's what it's been like for me. And God had to, uh, get me to a place where I was done with my own strength, where I was done fighting my way and trying to figure things out with my own abilities to learn something about his nature, his character, and how he works and operates. And so the first kind of lesson and the first scripture that God really took me through, and, and take this down because I think these are, are, are real gold passages that hopefully will uh, be of huge assistance to you. The first one is Hebrews 4.16. It says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There are a couple of things that are so important in this passage because something that we don't understand as believers is God doesn't answer every single prayer that we pray. There are things uh, that, and you might struggle with this, but God doesn't guarantee like our safety on the roads or that everything's gonna be okay. He doesn't promise that. And some of us are not gonna get better in 2019. Some of us are not gonna have our finances turned around in, in 2019. Our relationship status might not change or conflict that we're facing. It might not happen. God might not answer those prayers. But this a passage in Hebrews is so important to us because this prayer, he does answer. When you pray this, you receive an answer every single time that you pray. 
And first thing in here is to kind of highlight and take note of is the word throne. Let's approach God's throne. The word throne here is important because the throne belongs to the ruler. And he is on his throne, meaning he is in charge and he is ruling. And God is ruling over his creation. Uh, He is in charge and he is ruling. So we approach our God with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We are guaranteed every single time we approach God's throne with confidence, we're guaranteed grace and we're guaranteed mercy. If you want a prayer answered every single time you pray it, come before his throne and ask God to give you grace and to give you mercy. And he gives that. He answers that prayer every time. And in fact, this is the only prayer that we are guaranteed an answer for. And if you're struggling through anything, go to him and ask him for grace for your situation, for mercy in your time of need. And when I cried out and I said, God, I'm done. I don't think I can do this anymore. And I prayed this. I said, God, I need your mercy. I need your grace for my family. I need your mercy for your family. And what has since followed has been his favor, his grace, and his mercy in ways that are very hard to explain and very hard to communicate with you guys this morning. But my one lesson has been stop banging your head in futility. Just go to his throne and ask him, God, I need mercy and I need grace because I'm in a time of need. And he did. And the way he did it was this. And uh, write this down. It is going to come up on screen. This is a longer passage of scripture, but it's found in 1 Kings 17. And it's the story of Elijah and a widow. And I'm going to read through the story. And because this was maybe kind of the biggest work that the Lord did in me uh, this year. So follow the story with me. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called out, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Surely, as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make yourself and make for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up 
and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime later, uh, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill, grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come here to remind me of my son and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even to this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child, carried him down from the room into the house. Uh, he gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. This is an incredible story. And in this story, I felt the Lord saying to me, you are the widow. Because the space that I had reached was that I had just enough flour and oil left for one meal. And that I did not know how I was going to continue. How I was going to kind of get through what I needed to get through this year. In fact, there were big fears looming in my life. And I felt the Lord saying to me, Craig, this is faith. That I am enough for you. And that you're finally done with your strength. Okay, you're finally, finally uh, putting everything you have into my hands. This little bit of flour, this little bit of oil. It's going to be enough. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to carry you through this. You will always have enough. And tomorrow when things are really difficult, you're going to have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. But it is not going to run out. And then the next day, it might be really difficult. But the little bit of flour and the little bit of oil, it's not going to run out. And some of you know I had to lead a youth camp and I had to be the keynote speaker. And uh, Steve, being on sabbatical, uh, have been... Um, serving and leading Riverside in the midst of all of this and asking the Lord, Lord, how am I going to get through all of this? He says, with a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and it is not gonna run out. And she had enough for the entire famine to feed her family and to serve Elijah who stayed with her and realizing that grace and mercy is that the Lord sustains us. And it doesn't matter who we are or how much we have, we're saved by grace, but we are sustained by grace. That's lesson number two. His grace and mercy might not look like what we think it looks like. It wasn't this radical changing of the situation. It was sustaining me every single day through every single moment and through everything I had to do. Because we're saved by grace, we're sustained by grace. 
I think about the Israelites in the desert. They sinned against the Lord. They were disobedient. They didn't enter the promised land. And so for 40 years, they stayed outside of where they were supposed to be. But what does God do for them as an entire nation? They reckon maybe nearly as, million, as three million strong, not a single one of them had any ability to produce any kind of crop, grow any type of herd, to uh, do any kind of economic provision for themselves. Not a single one uh, in an entire nation, yet every single day for that entire generation, 40 years, the Lord sustained them. And then what does Jesus tell us in the Lord's Prayer? Pray, give us today our daily bread. Because the Lord gave a nation their daily bread. Not anything past that day. And a widow through an entire famine, just enough for that meal, for that day. And it was enough and it never ran out. And you might be at your end. But when it comes to the Lord, never runs out because something that is also, I just can't kind of give every kind of scripture. I'm just trying to touch on the big ones and the highlights. But where David writes, the Lord never leaves us and he never forsakes us. This widow never ran out. Never ran out. A widow in that situation is in a desperate place. There is no one to protect her, no one to provide for her. When she says, we're gonna eat our last meal and curl up and die, that was the truth because she had no hope. But for those of us who hope in the Lord, there is always hope because he always provides and he always sustains. It might not be that the situation radically is altered because I asked the Lord, how long? How long am I gonna be in this place? where I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And I felt so clearly the Lord saying to me, Craig, you're asking the wrong question. It's not how long are you going to be here, but do you want to be anywhere else? And that was hard. Because I actually don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be in a place where I am living by faith, and where my life is characterized by faith being exercised minute by minute, day by day, where the only way I'm getting through things in my life is because I'm trusting the Lord and I'm seeing His hand on me, getting me through what I need to get through, doing what I need to get through. I want to be in a place where I can say, it is not me, it is the Lord. And all praise and all glory goes to Him. He's finally gotten me to that place. I'm finally kind of rid of my nonsense and I'm finally learning what it means to genuinely have faith every single day. So learn what it is to have my daily bread. Can we talk about this as a society? We have food for the month. Most of us are that privileged that we've got cupboards that we store food in. So we don't always know what it is to need daily bread. We've not been in the wilderness as a nation for 40 years where we've had no chance of producing crops to kind of plan for a harvest and store grain um, for the next season. We've not, not very many of us have known, Lord, I need you today because I can't get through today without you. And God, here it is, my last flower and my last oil and it not running out and not running out 
and not running up because the Lord is there, presence in my life and are taking for me and providing for me and sustaining for me. And as I said, taking a far better job of taking care of my family than what I ever could because while I try very hard as a husband and as a father and as a leader, he is infinitely better and wiser and he loves them more than what I ever could. And so why would I try in my strength when I can surrender to his strength and his grace and his provision? And he did that for me. And so I'm the widow who just has enough. And uh, he's not replenishing. Well, I'll get to that because, because he's doing just such an incredible work. But it's okay. So be at the place where the Lord is giving you just enough. And if he is giving you just enough, that's okay. Because without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. And he loves and rewards the life of faith. And, and as I said, like, peace comes with faith. But peace also comes with grace. And sustaining us by his grace is an incredible thing. So the next passage uh, that the Lord has kind of been speaking to me through and just and allowing me to have more faith is coming out of Isaiah chapter 40. And it's 29 to 31. And this has been a go-to for the last few months. Is he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. For even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And I'm so glad the Bible still defines me as a youth and a young man. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. You know, the image of the eagle soaring is such a beautiful image because when an eagle takes uh, to flight, it hardly flaps its wings. It hits kind of a, a rising uh, thermal air pocket and the hot air just causes the eagle to rise and rise and rise and rise. And it just kind of circles on these air pockets and never flaps its wings and goes to such heights without ever spending any of its own energy. Isn't that just incredible that uh, God would use that kind of image for us? See, because when we reach the end of our strength and we finally understand uh, who the Lord is and what he does in us, we kind of hit a thermal air pocket. And that's the Lord's strength. And when it comes to ministry and the life of faith and living every single day, the only way we are gonna get through 2019 is when we get over ourselves and hit a thermal air pocket of the Lord and rise like on, on, on wings of eagles and run and not grow weary and walk and not grow faint, not in our own strength, but in the Lord's strength. It's not gonna get easier. We're gonna get through it because there is strength available to us that I don't think we've even begun to scratch the surface of. Those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. Maybe you have New Year's resolutions. I don't. I'm not good at that. I don't hold to that. What I try to do is, is decide upon a word and, and try and make that be my word and my focus uh, for the coming year. 
and through all of this uh, and really understanding and, and fighting for the peace of the Lord, uh, my word for 2019 is rest. That have been so tired at the end of this year, having endured so much to kind of step back and kind of fall into the Lord's strength. And that's where I'm gonna rest. I'm not gonna use my own strength. That's just dumb. Because those who hope in the Lord renew their strength and they rise on wings like eagles. They're not flapping their own wings. They're soaring on other energy. And the Lord says, then you will run and not grow weary and you'll walk and not grow faint because you hope in the Lord. And so your strength is always renewed. So, so amazing just to be able to stand here and going, just Lord, the glory is yours because I'm operating even this morning, not in any of my own strength or energy, but in his sustaining grace and the renewed strength of the Lord. And my prayer is that that will continue, that I don't kind of forget and step into my own strength again and try to do things in my own power, but that I stay being in the space where it's the Lord's strength in me the whole time. Because even young men grow tired and weary. And even young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. Kind of lining all of that up. His grace, his mercy, how he sustains us with our daily bread and that his strength is available to us that does not run out. There is no limits to God. I am finite, he is infinite. Now, this body is gonna wear out. He does not. So I'm rather gonna go and tap into that and let him carry me. And I'm gonna rest in his strength. This is my final passage that I'm gonna speak on this morning. Again, a little bit of a long one. Coming out of John chapter 14, I'm gonna read kind of two kind of excerpts from it. John 14. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocates, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Verse 27, so important. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Right, so important these words from Jesus because he says this to his disciples and because you love him and you obey his commands, uh, you are in him and, and he is in you. So this is directly to you as his disciples. Peace I leave with you. Right? We want peace. And this is what we want. We want peace. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Right? It's available to us. We don't have to be restless. We don't have to be troubled and we do not have to be afraid. And as has been my experience this year, it is easier to be said than done because so many things in our lives cause us trouble and are causing us fear and are giving us anxiety, right? But I am going to Jesus and thank goodness that he has given us his Holy Spirit. And the thing that I'm stepping into with his peace and his grace and his rest is going to him and saying, Jesus, thank you for your empowering Holy Spirit who you have given me so that I'm not alone. If you think about what these men were going to face, witnessing the arrest, trial, and death of Jesus, his resurrection, his ascension, and then the persecution that came to the church, the trouble uh, and, and the kind of fear that they had having to flee for their lives because of the persecution that came to the church. Jesus knew what he was saying. He said, I want to give you peace because they were going to very shortly experience a time when peace was going to be absent from their life and they were going to be on the run for their very lives as disciples, witnessing some of their own friends being stoned to death. But through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, reminding us of what we have in him, that it is very possible for us to actually achieve the peace that we're talking about. It is very possible for us as followers of Jesus to say, no heart, do not be troubled. No heart, do not be afraid. Holy Spirit, remind me. Remind me of what I have in Jesus. Jesus, you've not left me alone. You've sent me your spirit. And in that, it's the peace that you said I give to you. And so this is where I'm at right now as a believer uh, because I'm first a believer and a follower of Jesus before I am anything else. And this is the work that he is doing in me and the space that I'm in before the Lord. It's kind of working through some of, some days I actually go through every single one of these passages and I remind myself of what he has said to me. And I have to read them and declare them and remind myself and I have to pray, Holy Spirit, give me and bring back that peace that I need. And I repent of fear. And I repent of being troubled. And there's been many times this year where I've confessed before the Lord and I say, Jesus, I repent of having fear. And I trust you. Give me your peace and help me be at peace because you are in control. I repent of being afraid. And I trust you. Because peace, grace, rest, it's all available to us because of what the Lord has done. And my encouragement to you is don't be like me. Right? Don't, you don't want to learn uh, some of these lessons because they're hard lessons. But I'm so grateful 
what the Lord has done in me because of the space that I'm in right now. Because I'm so grateful and I'm enjoying things more than what I've ever enjoyed before. Because I'm kind of like riding the wave. You know what I mean? Like, if this is where the Lord is working, like I'm here and I can't surf for anything. I've tried. So, so surfing kind of God's grace and his mercy and his love and his work in my life is just an incredible place to be. And living a life of faith is actually exhilarating. And every day seeing his hand and seeing the work that he's doing and see how he's renewing strength and seeing where he's providing and seeing answers to prayers in just such incredible ways is such a wonderful experience because the Lord is good and he is working so powerfully in my life and in my family's life. And so I can have peace and I'm growing in experiencing that peace more and more and more. And I'm experiencing his strength more and more and more, which is kind of just priming me for 2019 that I can take a rest in his strength. And hopefully there will be more of his work on display and that he would use me in increasing measure, not my own strength, but his strength. I'm just an empty vessel now. And I'm so excited about that because when Paul said, when I'm weak, that's when he is strong. And that's, Uh, what I think he wants for all of us, right? Every single one of us are on mission and he wants to do something in and through us. Hopefully that's what you experienced in 2019. Let's pray. Jesus, I am so thankful that we can let go, that we can say hearts do not be troubled, hearts do not be afraid, Because, God, you've not left us alone. You've given us your spirit. Teaches us the spirit of truth that reminds us of who we are in you. That reminds us of your word and everything that you've said. God, you've overcome the world. You've taken care of my biggest fears. And while things in this world do cause anxiety, that do cause us to be troubled, and 2019 is going to have many of those things. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind us. But God, I'm so thankful that you've saved us by grace and that you sustain us by grace. And that with everything that we've got to face in this next year, we know that as hard as it gets, you never leave us, you never forsake us. We're never without. Because Lord God, you sustain us with everything we need. Even if it is just daily bread. What a joy to know that, God, that's enough because, God, you are enough and that we need nothing else but you, your grace that saves us, your grace that sustains us, your grace that renews our strength, your grace that takes us to new places, that makes us soar on wings like eagles, Lord God, because your strength, there is no limits. Oh God, that you would take us all to that place. We've experienced you like we never have experienced you before. But God, your grace, your peace, your rest, your mercy, those are wonderful things, Lord God. Thank you that that is what you give us. In your incredible name, amen.